You are Locked On Women's Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Meddahl, reminding you you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnWBB. You can like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, your podcast listen of choice, and make sure you follow all the women's basketball coverage we have over at the Summit. That's Summit Hoops with two T's in honor of Pat.com. We now have an app you can download and make sure that if any news breaks in the world of women's basketball, you can be sure to get automatic notifications on your phone. And somebody responsible for so much of that news through the years in a variety of ways, both domestically here in the States and internationally as well, joins us, Aaron Phillips. Aaron, I I don't have time, I think, on the program to talk (laughs) about all the titles that you have, but welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Howard. Thank you for having me. I want to start by the most recent title that you grabbed, which is a front office role with the Dallas Wings, uh, Director of Player Development. Take me through the decision you made and how difficult it was to make that transition, you know, here within the WNBA landscape. Um, Actually, not really difficult at all. I felt, um, you know, it was a really nice time um, uh, in my, I guess, life and, and career to be able to to take the next step and um, and challenge myself in doing something different. I've, I've you know been playing in the WNBA for nine years and um, you know I've been lucky enough to be a part of two titles and you know from a playing standpoint I felt like I had given playing in this league everything that I had and you know being now a new mum of six months old twins and uh, playing football in the off season uh, I just found myself having a lot on my plate physically and so it was you know a really like I said nice time to transition to uh, a role to be able to stay in, involved in basketball but obviously a less physically taxing way. When you came to training camp was this very much on your mind were you thinking about it and you know to go through that decision I, I think mm-hmm. is an interesting one especially in light of the season you just had I, you know one of my favorite stats about you uh, is by offensive rating uh, you are 33rd in the history of the WNBA that's how effective you've been uh, you know a, as a shooter as an overall offensive player and your offensive rating was 114 last year so you were right there actually above your career mm-hmm. mark of 106 so no no yeah, decline cool. there whatsoever how hard is it to let go of that, especially when you know you can still perform at that level? Yeah, I think I just felt that, um, you know, in, you just know internally. Like, you, you hear a lot of athletes that, you know, retire. They just know the time was right. And, you know, look, I had a lot of discussions with people close to me and uh, players that have retired in the past. And my dad was a professional athlete who... Um, you know, all, all went through it all as well, and um, so you know, it was it was it's always going to be um, kind of difficult initially, just because you know it's it's, it's letting go and, and and doing something completely different, and um, like I said, it's it's outside that comfort zone of what you kind of used to. But um, I felt very comfortable and, and um, happy that this was um, exactly what I was meant to be doing, and um, like I said, I've been playing off season. Uh, in Australia, Australian rules football, and and that's um, kind of a new passion of mine and a new career that um, you know it's very physically challenging, and so I, I felt that you know this 
you know, this is probably my last few years physically to be able to really um, test myself and see how far I can go. So um, overall, it was just, you know, it was a, a good decision and uh, I'm very, I'm very comfortable with it. I'm curious, in terms of how you balance those two things, was the training for Australian rules football something that dovetailed with the training you do uh, to stay where you want to be physically as a basketball player, or are they different enough that it, that building and rest becomes that much harder before we're even getting into the fact that you have two six-month-olds? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, these past six months have been very much a blur. Don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> no, like, obviously training for football is, is completely different than than trying to train for basketball. I mean, we're talking about two different energy systems and um, basketball, obviously, you can't tackle anybody and throw them to the ground. So... Um, What's well, not recommended, it'll look at, yes. Which, yeah, no, exactly. So it was, it was very much a, a challenge. But, look, again, one I really loved and... Um, you know, I've grown up loving football. My dad was a professional footballer, mm. and that's all I wanted to be. And beyond the age of 13, there was no pathway for me and all the other girls my age who wanted to continue to play football. So naturally, I just fell into basketball and kind of it just took off from there. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, although I've played it for when I was younger, then to try to go back to it 17 years later, it's very very difficult and then obviously like you said to have um you know six month old twins um on top of that and try to do all that with about you know maybe anywhere from four to six hours sleep a night that's you know it's uh it's challenging <laughs> i'm sure and by the way I, I won't let that pass that you talked about how naturally you're an elite footballer uh and when there's not a pathway you just go and become you know naturally uh an olympian in basketball i don't think that's uh, no. <laughs> typical natural path i mean but, that's the natural no no it's the uh, natural transition from going from playing football to basketball because we have another game in australia called netball where there's no contact whatsoever and and that definitely wouldn't have suited me so understood. basketball was yeah. kind of the next sport in line. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I, I understood. And so this role of player development, how mm -hmm. do you go about preparing for analysis, evaluation, and thinking about the game in that way for Dallas? Mm -hmm. You know, what are your initial steps yeah. to prepare for it? Yeah, look, I think, first of all, it's all, it's all new to me. So this is, you know, something I've just every day is something I've learned something new, and it's it's really exciting and um, you know challenging. And but look, just to be able to you know work with these with with these girls. I mean, you look at our roster; we're so young. Um, we have so many rookies on the on the list, and just to be able to share you know my experiences, you know, having won two titles in the WNBA, you know, just to be able to try to teach them. Um, certain things that I've learnt and have been taught by so many fantastic coaches that I've had in the WNBA. Like if you look at my coaches, you know I've had Mike Tebolt, who was my rookie coach. You know Lynn Dunn, Sandy Brondello, Brian Agler, Fred Williams. Like I've been very blessed to have worked with some outstanding coaches, the best in the world. And so the knowledge that they've taught me is is pretty much what I'm passing on down to the next generation of players and obviously adding a little bit of my own you know flair to it but um look I, I just just love the fact that I get to work with younger players and and watch them grow and become um you know 
all stars, hopefully, and and you know ultimately WNBA champions. And then the draft element of this, I, what I thought was particularly interesting is that mm-hmm. so much of the evaluation for players and just more with each passing year is coming from a combination of being able to see what's happening within the college game, of course, but being able sure. to evaluate yep. the overseas players as well mm-hmm. and having that combination. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just curious it, how much of that has been part of your thinking year in and year out that mm-hmm. you sort of integrate into your role now here. Yeah, I'm really excited the fact that whilst I get to go back to Australia in the off-season and, and play Australian rules football, which is also the same time as the you know the Australian League uh, the WNBL, and I'm really excited that now I get to be, um, you know, the, probably an extra bridge from getting girls from Australia over to the WNBA, and like I'm excited to, and I'm excited for them to have, you know, just another scout on the ground because I think the talent pool in Australia is fantastic, and um, you know, to, to like to be able to stay a part of both codes in football and, and basketball, and then while I'm home you know, try to recruit some Australians is is really exciting. Is this essentially a counter move to Penny Taylor? Is this just simply making sure <laughs> that you guys are covered <laughs> on the ground in Australia? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think, you know, Penny's got Melbourne and, you know, all the way to the uh, East Coast and I've kind of got south to the West now. <laughs> um, look, I think, um, you know, I'm very blessed to um, have... You know, played for so many years in the WNBA, and even got well, just even getting the opportunity. And I think that all started because of Michelle Timms and and players like her, who really set they set the tone of, well, this is what Australians uh, are, and this is what we're about. And there's a culture that followed um, her, and you know, Lauren Jackson, obviously Penny, and um, just to name a few, Polly Bevilacqua. You know, there's. Um, you know, we we have a reputation over here in the in the states that you know we work hard. We're you know we're great teammates, and um, you know we we compete. So um, you know, I'd love to keep keep that tradition going and, and get more and more Australians over here um, if I can. That'd be great. Just to that end, when you look at, I'm curious what you think about first of all that 08 <laughs> gold medal game. And wonder, mm-hmm. you know, if things would have been, you know, different with, you know, healthy Penny, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with the healthy Lauren Jackson. But more generally, mm-hmm. I'm just struck. It seems like more and more talent, like you said, coming out of the country year after year after year. Mm-hmm. Do you have in your mind a sense of, you know, the U.S. is essentially thought of as holding supremacy in the sport? Do you see a moment? coming where Australia is challenging for that and how soon do you think it is? Mm-hmm. Uh, you mean challenging for the gold medal? Is that yeah. I, I, more well, your... For the gold medal, yes, but also in a larger sense thinking of the country that is most dominant in in, in the world of basketball generally. Oh, I mean, you've got to... Well, I think still America is, you know, way, way in front. and But you've got to look at the the sporting system here in, in the United States. You've got high school basketball, college basketball. There's, I don't know the exact number of participants of, of basketball, uh, female basketballers in the States, but it's, it is just a huge, huge pull um, here compared to Australia. So, um, look, it'd be an interesting, you know, stat to see, but I still think that, you know, we've obviously still got a, a long way to go and, 
you know, but I still think that, um, you know, our talent pool is just getting bigger and bigger and growing um, more and more. So I'm really excited about the future of Australian basketball and, um, like I said before, being on the ground at home to be able to, you know, follow it and, and then report back to the Dallas Wings is, is really cool. Very much so. And, and then in terms of Penny, but not just Penny, but Swin Cash, Ruth Riley, mm-hmm. Tamika Catchings, a lot of players transitioning into these front office roles. It seems like there's mm-hmm. a generational shift in that way. Curious if you reached out to any of them and if you got particularly good advice about the best way to go about this uh, executive role. I haven't reached out to uh, anyone in those roles yet. Um, obviously, I'll, I'll see Penny uh, in the upcoming days and also Tully Bevelacqua with Indiana. So no doubt we'll um, exchange um, notes and, and things like that but look I'm just at the moment just loving um, you know just learning from the three three coaches especially uh, that I get to work with daily and obviously um, a great general manager and president in Greg Bibb who's been fantastic for me personally so um, they'll, they'll be I'll definitely be hitting um, my Aussie girls up for advice for sure <laughs> interesting to see I, I, I'm really excited to see what comes of it uh, in terms yeah. of your your playing career, and you know you have the two titles, but I wanted to focus a little bit on that 2012 WNBA run, not only because uh, of the victory and playing for Lynn Dunn with the Indiana Fever, but for you to put up 18 points, eight rebounds in Game Five, uh, or in Game Four rather, in order to win that title. Mm-hmm. What do you remember about that moment, and does that moment stick out as? essentially the most satisfying of what was a really brilliant career here in the States. Yeah, definitely the 2012 championship was very special. We were uh, the underdogs by, you know, mm-hmm. by far and, um, you know, no one really uh, expected us to win, but, you know, we went out there with, um, you know, such a, I mean, we were so close. I just, just knew that everybody was on the same page. It was, um, such a great culture in our team and um you know we played as like a unit and i think if you look at the the finals across um each game like everyone kind of had a standout game they had their moments and zealous had a big game three i believe it was um you know i had a a big one in, in game four and tamika obviously overall was um you know outstanding but it was just nobody cared about the individual effort or performance it was just to get the job done we lost Katie Douglas so um, everybody had to step up an extra um, you know 10% each at least and to try to fill her shoes and that which is you know going to be hard to do but I just remember just us being so focused in the moment and not getting caught up with anything around but you know the hype of the uh, finals it was just yeah, and then that final, I'll never forget the final siren. It was just like, yeah, I still get goosebumps thinking about it. It was just complete joy, excitement, relief. Club's first ever WNBA title was just, yeah, unreal. And then do you spend your career at some level chasing after that feeling? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's kind of the athlete um, obsession, isn't it, that... Um, you know, the feeling of that pure elation and just, um, you know, to get that feeling again. But, look, I can pretty much just, you know, close my eyes and I'm back in that moment 
um, straight away and that that's something I will never, you know, if I never win anything again from, from this point on, I mean, I can, you know, just um, go back to that moment and how I felt, it's just unbelievable. But, you know, that's what I'm trying to teach. I'd love for these girls in my team to just be able to experience that because, yeah, it's, it's the best part of sport. Well, it, it, no shortage of highlights to compete uh, as you think about memories. I, I do wonder if you've given yourself the opportunity to think back, if there's a, any other things that uh, you've allowed yourself to be thinking about in terms of the WNBA career, number one. And number two, if there's anything left on the list for you when you think about <laughs> going forward, I... I, I, I don't imagine it's a very long list of even possibilities uh, given how much you've done already, but, uh, you know, something like, let's say, gold in 2020. Yeah, look, that's definitely, you know, probably the only thing left on the list um, I would think. is that um, gold, you know, like gold medal, gold Olympic medal, but um, look, again, that's, uh, you know, that's a, a long way down the track. I haven't closed the doors Oh, you know what? I'm so sorry, Aaron. I I lost you again. Right, that's a long way down the track. Can you hear me now? Uh, it's a little muffled. Are you in a different spot? Something just changed. No, no, I'm here. Hmm. Um. Here, try again. Can you hear me now? Now I hear you great. Okay. Ah, perfect. You said it's a long um, way down the road. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a long way down the road, but I'll just take it year by year and um, see see if it's even on the cards down the track. But again, like I said, it's a year by year thing for me. No, it all makes sense. Uh, before I let you go, obviously, this is the dominant question uh, on, I'm sure, your mind, on Tracy's mind. If your twins decide one wants to play for the United States and <laughs> one wants to play for Australia... <laughs> What are your rooting interests like? How do you manage to balance that out? And you know, take me through what that process would be for the two of you. You know what? That has never come up in a conversation between Tracy and I. So I'll have to ask her, and um, we might have to debate about it. But um, look, I think might might have to be a twin cost. We'll leave it up to the kids to decide. But yeah, if they ever got that opportunity to represent either, they'd be um, yeah, we would be very proud. Well, you, we'll have to circle back, and I'll have to find out from you <laughs> yeah, right. about how that all yeah, turned exactly. out. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for taking the time to chat, and uh, I know my listeners appreciate it. Wishing you all the best of luck in your 80 roles, and uh, may your children sleep through the night as often as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. And to our listeners, just a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnWBV. You can like us on Facebook or rate and review us on iTunes or your podcast listen of choice. Go to Summit Hoops, summitwith2ts.com, download our app, and make sure you follow our work 24-7. I'm Howard Megdahl, wishing you a wonderful day. Yeah, he can.